Good morning. It's Monday, February 28th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Chris Hummer. Today, we're talking to Arizona head coach Jed Fish. Arizona is coming off one of the best recruiting classes in program history and has a lot of momentum entering the spring. We discussed that 2022 class, transfer quarterback Jaden Delara, and the program switch at defensive coordinator, among many other things. All right, that's enough for me. Arizona starts spring practice later this week. Here's Jed Fish. Let's welcome Arizona head coach Jed Fish to the College Football Daily. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. I wanted to start with a bit of a look back. I know spring ball starts for y'all later this week, but I wanted to take a minute to talk about your 2022 class, second highest rated class in Arizona history. What does that group mean to this program's future? Well, you know, really, it has to be the groundwork for the future. They're the foundation of what we're trying to get accomplished. You know, they, they recognize that there are people that want to be here to make change happen. And uh, they've really embraced it. We have a ton of them here early, which is awesome. As each one was signing on to be a part of the program, I think everybody started feeling like there could be something very special with this class. I'm wondering, this was your first full cycle of recruiting as a staff. We talked a little bit before you hopped on about the challenges of the early signing period. But what do those results that y'all had this year show about what's possible in terms of recruiting at Arizona? You know, we arrived December 28th. Staff arrived about January 15th. Signing day was prior to our arrival. We were all, I think we signed 20-something players before we got here. And then we had a few scholarships open. We signed two guys. But um, I believe you can spend 12 months recruiting anybody. And uh, why can't Arizona be one of the best destination locations there is? I think that we have endless amounts of support. I think we have an unbelievable atmosphere, an unbelievable college town. We have a top five basketball program. We have a top five women's basketball program. We have been to the World Series in both sports this past year. So I believe that the message that we can give these recruits is not only can you come to Arizona um, and be okay, you can come to Arizona and be great. And I think it showed in this one class, and my goal is to make next year's class better than this one. Not quite a high school recruit, but a notable addition nonetheless. Y'all added Washington State transfer, Jaden Delara at quarterback. How does he change the outlook of your quarterback room and what could he mean for the offense? Obviously, with the caveat, he still must compete for the job in spring and going into the fall. Sure. You know, when when class rankings used to occur, you know, you would never add it. You would never have so many transfers a part of your class. But when I look at the transfers that we added along with the recruits that we have, I can't imagine Arizona ever had a year better than this one in terms of acquiring the talent that's been acquired. Jaden, you know, you're talking about bringing in the freshman Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year at quarterback who started 17 games in his year and a half that he's been in college, and he's now your quarterback. And what's cooler than that? What's better than that? I don't know if you could find a better scenario. Now, he's going to come in here, and he's going to compete with a lot of guys that know our system, with Jordan McLeod and Will Plummer, who both are uh, back ready to roll. But uh, And then Noah Fafita coming in. Uh, I think he's really added to our quarterback room, and uh, we're, we're ecstatic that Jaden's with us. I'd imagine as a longtime offensive coach, you got to be pretty excited about the skill of class you brought in. I could watch Rayshon Luke play 10 hours if that was an option. What is having talent like that in that group, including the transfer class y'all brought in, like Jacob Cowan from UTEP, allow y'all to do from a play calling standpoint? Yeah, well, it certainly opens up the playbook. Um, in a lot of different ways. It allows us to find a lot of different matchups that we weren't maybe able to find a year ago. You know, don't forget Mejon Wright was probably top wide receiver for us last season, and he was not able to play because he was um, he transferred to Middle Tennessee State for a couple months and then came back. So when that happened, he lost his year. 
So we wound up not even being able to play Mejon. So when you add Mejon into the group of Jacob Cowling and T-Mac, and then you have AJ, then you have the guys that we had here with Dorian Singer, who was a true freshman who we gave a scholarship after uh, his first season, and then Anthony Simpson. We had two freshmen starting. So the skill group is pretty hefty. Then you take Rayshon Luke and Jonah Coleman in there and Keenan Burnett at tight end. I, I feel as if we've opened up our ability to stretch the field and score some touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, I think there's a pretty strong argument. Y'all have one of the best skill groups in the country without much question. Uh, we'll be right back with more from Coach Fish. Coach, you lost defensive coordinator Don Brown to UMass. He'll be their next head coach. And you'd have UCLA D-line coach Johnny Nason or Nansen to replace him. What appealed to you about Coach Nansen and when making that decision? Really excited about Coach Nansen being on our staff. Thought about or tried to bring him in the first time around and uh, just wound up, you know, for different circumstances, uh, going a different direction. But uh, to get Johnny here, you, you look at what he did on defense at UCLA in the two years that he was there, and you look at the, the production against the run, and you put look at the production in terms of sacking the quarterback. They led the Pac-12 in both categories. So uh, we needed that. And then we needed someone that had a certain recruiting prowess on the West Coast, and he had it. Uh, then you bring in Jason Kafusi with him, who was a um, great player at Utah, a uh, huge part of UCLA's turnaround defensively, and then also somebody that's from this area, experienced in recruiting, experienced as a play caller at Weber State. Uh, adding those two guys has been an enormous get for our program and uh, really excited that they're with us. I got to ask, Coach Brown had a really distinctive uh, scheme, a lot of man, very aggressive in terms of trying to create pressure and manufacture it. Um, how, if at all, will that change with Coach Nansen um, and his defensive coordinator? Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're going to uh, really spend a lot of time looking at our scheme and looking what we can do best and looking how we can create turnovers and looking how we can be better in the red zone. Uh, one of the things that happened to us last year is we only created six takeaways all season long. So what we need to do is we need to find a way to take the ball away. What Coach Brown was able to do for us was we were able to jump up close to 60 spots in total defense. We were able to become the number uh, one or two uh, Pac-12 pa passing defense. So there's that great value of playing man coverage and being able to force teams to have to complete the ball in tough area, tough windows and tough zones, tough areas. But uh, we also believe that we can make some changes that might help us as well. I've heard you label it that you want a pro style scheme. I, when I hear that, I think multiplicity because the pro level doesn't really have base defenses anymore, at least because you're playing nickel most of the time anyway. Is that what that word means to you? Can you kind of dive into what you mean by pro scheme? Yeah, I, when we talk about two things, when we talk about becoming a pro on our program, we talk about being purposeful, resilient, and original in everything you do. And when we when we say that, we that when we line up, we have to line up with a purpose. We have to understand what we need to execute as a program. Uh, we need to line up what we need to do defensively and offensively. We're going to be more like a team on a Sunday than a Saturday as my goal. We want to be able to show that we have on both offense and defense that if you come play in our scheme – you will be practicing every day for be able to play on Sundays when you get older, when you graduate, when you have opportunity, that you're not going to have to go learn something completely different and completely unique. Uh, the other parts of it is there's an originality involved in becoming a pro. And we want to be able to do things that are a little bit different. And uh, that's a huge part of it for us as well. 
I know you haven't really been able to been around the team, but I'm sure you're getting reports from the strength and conditioning workouts that y'all had. Is there a player or players that you think could be in mind for a breakout this spring and looking towards the fall based on the feedback you've gotten so far? Yeah, well, we've been able to watch conditioning and be able to see some of the things that are going on. And I'm excited about Michael Wiley. You know, uh, Michael Wiley scored five touchdowns the last five games of the year. He's gained 14 pounds. Uh, I think he's up to 210 pounds now. Moving well, looks good, running fast. Uh, he didn't have a real strong offseason last year. He had some injuries that prevented him from doing a lot of the things that we asked of him, except for maybe the last few practices. Uh, to have him full speed has been great. To have our offensive linemen, Jordan Morgan and Peyton Fierce, full speed, that's going to be really, uh, really good for us. And then we have all these young guys here. Noah Fafita's here. T-Mac is here. AJ is here. Kean is here. Jonas Sabaneo, who I think is going to be a fantastic offensive lineman, is here. Tia, uh, who transferred in here from UCLA, is here. So we've got – then you have Hunter Eccles is here. Anthony Solomon is here. There's so many guys that are right now working that we haven't been on the field with yet. To be able to have all those guys and then some um, is really making it fun. Yeah, it's got to it's gotta feel good. It almost feels like with the transfer portal area, you can almost – I don't want to say overhaul a roster, but you can turn over a roster a lot more quickly than you have in the past, which makes for an exciting second spring. You've worked with some of the best coaches in the world during your career. I think they've all been named before, but just name a couple from Mike Shanahan to Bill Belichick to Sean McVay to Steve Spurrier. But last year was your first ever experience, at least as a non-interim head coach, as a head coach. Um, I'd imagine nothing really prepares you for that um, until you actually do it. What did you learn about yourself in that role last year that you think is going to really help you in 2022? I think you have to learn patience. You have to learn... Um, which I feel like I probably lacked going into it. You have to learn how to see, how to have wide field vision and be able to take that 30,000 foot up in the air approach at times, even if you don't want to. And then you have to also, you know, be able to, you know, see the forest through the trees. There are some things that occurred last season that I never would have guessed or never been a part of occurring before. And then you're held accountable for them, right? Um, You know, it's one thing if you're a position coach and, Things aren't going your way. It's another thing if you're the head coach and you're responsible regardless. I don't think any to anyone would have ever thought you would lose two quarterbacks to season-ending injuries by week five and only have one quarterback on the roster that has a scholarship. Only have two quarterbacks on your total roster for seven games. So you're sitting there in fear of injury, your fear of making sure that you can finish your season off. You know, the last game that was played here prior to our arrival, we lost 70 to 7 to our rival. The last thing we wanted to do this last year is show up to that final game without a starting quarterback. And uh, so there was a lot of anxiety there throughout those last four weeks of the season to keep Will Plummer healthy enough to play that final game. And uh, those are the things you don't ever think about. You know, you don't ever think about that when you're a position coach. So um, I rely on those guys. I talk to all four of the guys you mentioned often. And uh, there was a lot of times that I, you know, just asked for some help. And they were awesome in giving. And then um, last thing as I let you go. I know 1-11 can be tough, and there were difficult circumstances along the way that contributed to that. But what did that win that y'all had against Cal do for the program's momentum and kind of your ability to kind of push your message as you entered year two? Yeah, it, it really lifted a very dark cloud over the program. You know, we, were, we got to the point that there was a losing streak that was talked about that went far before we arrived that just kept adding and adding and adding. And you started feeling like now you're at 17 games, 15 games, 18 games. And you're like, 
wait a second, we're, we're holding things from 2019. We're holding things from 2020. We're holding things from an off season of COVID. Like you're, you're just carrying so much baggage. So when we were able to release the baggage, let's call it, let go and start new, I think that, that we needed that victory. We needed it bad. We needed it to come earlier than it did. We didn't do a good enough job all season long, having to go seven games before we got it taken care of. But, um, you know, it's good that we're, it's behind us at this point. And now it's our job to go out there and, and play good football and not have eight games within a score in the fourth quarter, but actually win some of those. Well, um, Coach Fish, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Arizona opens up spring practice later this week on Wednesday, and they'll start the season at San Diego State on September 3rd. Uh, Coach, best of luck this spring and this offseason. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Thanks to Jed Fish for coming on the show and our producer and co-host, Lance Glenn, for piecing it all together. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to leave us a five-star review. Talk to y'all soon. <laughs>